Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Cadence Keys. Yes, we do. And it was so good, y'all. It's really good. And she's she's kind of a new author and she's doing a bunch of cool things. Yes. And we talked to her about so many things. We covered yeah. direct sales and Reem yep. and social media. She's not real interested in no. social media and she doesn't really use it that much. Nope. Um, so yeah, lots of good stuff mm-hmm. in this interview that's coming up mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. So what's been going on with you this week? Mm, this started last week and it's been going on now a week. Uh, I, on the day of my sister's birthday, I came to my mom's house and went, you know, I was here with my sisters and my mom and my dad and we went to lunch and I was a little distracted and I got an e- I got a message. I checked my messages in my uh Jamie Albright author, because I hardly ever check those. So I I just happened to check them. And it said that uh, I had been hacked or whatever, and it needed, you know, my Facebook had been hacked and needed me to confirm my email address. Well, I did it. And I knew, I mean, the minute I did it, I knew I shouldn't have done it. It was a phishing thing. And I was immediately locked out of my account. They changed the email on the account. And now, thankfully, I immediately called my bank. And so, no, I haven't had any charges on anything. But I could not get in. I could not get in to, uh, you know, to talk to anybody. I mean, there was nobody to talk to. So I didn't know what to do. but I had just hired someone to do my uh, ads uh, mm-hmm. about a month ago, and she has a rep. And so I messaged her, and I was like, "Hey, this has happened. I just totally screwed up. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. thinking straight." And anyway, so she, I mean, like twelve hours, she worked. <clears throat> oh she sent me a message, and she said, "We've got your account back. This is what you need to do." Wow. So I had to send an email with the, because then what happened was Facebook realized it and they shut my account down. So, mm-hmm. so it's not just that I was locked out. Now the account shut down and uh, I had the emails that now say, you know, that if you go into my account and want to, well, before they shut it down, it said, send a link to this email. Well, that was not mm-hmm. my email. So mm-hmm. anyway, I had to send them that message and everything. And they had said I would get it back within 24 to 48 hours. It's been a week. Um, she's oh, still so working. You're, you're still, yeah, I'm still out. out. I'm still wow. out. I still can't post on. Uh, I, I mean, I can't do anything. Can't run ads. Can't do anything. Um, my ad account was closed down. I mean, everything was closed down. Mm. So, um, so that I'm working on that. So let's just, 
you know, let that be a lesson to you kids. Don't <laughs> uh, give your email to people. Uh, I mean, I just knew it. I've, I've seen those before. It's been a mm-hmm. long time since I've seen them, but I've seen mm-hmm. them before. I mean, you know, I knew, but I just but we all make mistakes. We all do well, things that and I, are yeah, wrong. And that I was like, here, we're like, oh, and, yeah, yeah. I just you're out of your normal uh, mindset thing. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, send good thoughts uh, because I really need that account back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I I mean, in all honesty, I haven't like stressed just a ton about it because I do think I will get it back. Only, mm-hmm. only because Abel, uh, the girl that's running my ads, because she has someone she, she knows, is actually she talking knows an to. an actual yeah. person. A human right. That will. But I haven't really worried a ton about it. Um, today, I'm probably more worried about it than I have been because it's been a week. But yeah. Um, but this know, is one I of mean, those things that like, I, it will probably all work out, but it's very stressful in the middle yes. of it. Yeah. And I can't really do anything about it. I've done everything yeah. I can. I mean, every day I'm just sending the email again because I mm-hmm. want, I want them to see it. And because <clears throat> I feel like if they see it, they'll take care of it. But anyway, we'll see what happens. But yeah, so that's what I've been dealing with all so this week. Taking all your time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I'm still at my mom's. I'm actually going home this afternoon. But um, and. So, uh, but I mean, you know, you can deal with this from anywhere. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I too have had tech issues this week. Oh no. (laughs) Well, I sent out the survey and we're not quite sure what happened. I've got a notice that my Shopify store had been updated to the one page checkout and that may have impacted things, but everybody was supposed to get a link to go to complete the survey with a gift card mm-hmm. and some of the gift card amounts were not being applied and people oh, no. weren't noticing and they were checking out. And so I've been doing some refunds oh. and letting people know, no, you've already paid for this. You don't have yes. to pay again. It's more yeah. the Shopify is more to help me keep track of the inventory and mm-hmm. to know where to send things because mm-hmm. Kickstarter doesn't collect that information or they right. collect it, but they don't pass it on to me. Right. So like right. I have to find out mm-hmm. where you live, where should I send your books? Right. And, uh, so that's been that's been a little time consuming, more time consuming than I thought. Mm-hmm. But I'm, and you know, it was stressful. But I have to say, my readers are very, very nice. They're very mm-hmm. nice, and they're all like, "I'm so sorry, I didn't see that wasn't applied." And so, oh, it's you know, in in a way, in this episode, we talk with Cadence about like building deeper connections yes, with your readers. Yes, and yes. As I was replying to all those emails and figuring everything out, I was like, "This is a way that like." even though I wouldn't want to do it this way, this is a way that you're getting to know people. And, and uh, I have one reader send me a message with the subject line said, you have to follow instructions <laughs> because I, I told them, you know, step-by-step step how to do it. And right. so it's just like interactions with your readers that you don't normally have if you just sell direct sales or uh, on the retailers. So anyway, so that's yeah. what I've been doing. That's um, hopefully getting to the end of this. We're getting all the, everything sorted out. Right. And um, soon I will be ordering all the stuff. I feel like that will be the fun part. I'll get to order the, the right. books and the puzzles. And I got hmm. the, um, I added color to the interior pages of yeah. uh, the, the book. Oh, how beautiful. So I'll That's post a picture awesome. of this in the group. Yeah. So like every chapter head has 
what looks like the cover, you know, the yeah, background of the yeah. cover. Yeah. So, so I'm really pleased with all that. That's going really well. And yeah, so that is like all I've been doing in, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's well, like the whole update. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we have a new supporter, don't we? Yes, we do. We have Tammy with, she picked a crown. So mm-hmm. thank you, Tammy, for supporting us. And yeah. um, if you're interested in supporting, you can go to wish I'd known for writers.com slash support and sign yep. up there. And we just thank everyone who is supporting us. Right. And we have a supporter uh, meetup, yes. Zoom call on the 15th of October. Yes. And we're going to post today. Well, Sarah is. Yes, I will um, post in the group. <laughs> uh, Sarah's going to post in the group of what you want to talk about. So, yeah. yes. Now I have an idea. I thought if we don't have any other suggestions, we might just talk. We might just pick a trope and talk about a trope. Mm. Do you like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds yeah. Good. And we could talk about like how it works well, good examples mm-hmm. of where you've seen it, yeah. why we like it, stuff like that. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. All right. We should probably get on with the interview because it's awesome. Yes. All right. Here is Cadence. Today, we are really happy to talk with Cadence Keys. Hi, Cadence. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're happy you're here. Good to see you again. We met you at InkersCon. So that is um, a great conference and you meet great people yeah, uh, when you like go it. to conferences. That You're living proof of that. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Here, let me read your bio and then we'll get into the questions. Cadence Keys writes steamy, heartfelt, contemporary romances with relatable characters. When she's not writing, she's an average, frazzled mom chasing her two toddlers around or curled up on the couch <laughs> watching movies with her husband. So that's great. I love that bio. Very, yeah. very relatable. Yes, yes. Most people, most of our listeners can relate to that, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, tell us how you got into writing, Cadence. Um, so I've been writing off and on kind of my whole life. But Mm -hmm. I never could finish a book. Mm. Um, I can tell you I've got endless manuscripts on computers, old computers, files that have transferred over that were just never finished. And then um, I had started a story in like 2016, uh, 2017, I think. Mm -hmm. And again, didn't finish it, put it on the back burner. And then I had my son in 2020. He was born a month after lockdown. And as you know, there was nothing to do. Yeah. And I'm dealing with a newborn. I'm on crazy hours. Yeah. And he was a miracle baby. So there was also some of that, like, you know, oh, anything is possible kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And those characters from that first book just kept talking to me and saying, hey, finish the story, finish the story. So I did. And I haven't stopped since. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's so funny because. I, same thing happened with me. My son was, I had two kids. My second child was born and I was like, it just hit me. I was like, man, life is only going to get busier from here on out. And I've always wanted to finish a book because I had plenty of starts mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So I'm curious, what are your strengths? Are you, do you do the strengths? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had them, I saved them and now I can never remember them. Um, well, just a couple of your top ones. <laughs> I know that it's um, futuristic, uh, harmony, um what was the other ones empathy yeah I'm like four of my top five uh Becca signed at a post that if you're not good at social media this is why you're like these strengths and four of my top five were those strengths (laughs) and I was like okay it all makes sense now yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. light bulb moment yeah Yeah. yes that's so funny my 
my daughter had her baby the day before we went into lockdown. So I always tell people, don't have a baby during a pandemic if you can help it. Yeah. But for you, it kind of worked out. So it was I might a have scary time, that. that's for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, we always like to ask everybody, what is your definition of success? So my definition of success has definitely changed uh, for like, I mean, if I'm looking at generic success, it's just, I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. If I'm happy in life and I feel like I can be a good mom and a good wife and ha- like a good person, then that in general is like success for me in regards to the business that has changed since from when I started, it was my success was, I just want to publish this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and now success for me is um, continuing to provide for my family. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you are, you seem like a happy person. I mean, <laughs> I try. Yeah. Yeah. You really do. You, you just I have a, a big uh, deal. <laughs> yeah. You have a happy countenance. Um, so I love that. Well, what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you got started? So my first book was a second chance and, um, I wish that I had known better how to like incorporate the past and flashbacks into the present. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I did re-edit it after it was out for about a year and Mm -hmm. I, it it was out for six months when I started the revision process because I found Mm -hmm. really great editors. And so I wanted them to help me and I combined it with the prequel novella I had and the the Mm -hmm. prequel novella was their whole backstory. And I just wish that I had known how to do that better. Mm. And if I redid that book again now, I would still do it differently because I, yeah. I still don't love exactly how it came out. So that's right. definitely one piece of how do we incorporate the past in a way that feels more organic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But you wouldn't go back and rewrite it, would you? No, not now because I already rewrote it once and that was yeah. a lot of no, work. No, let's not do that <laughs> again. Like, yeah. like Just move forward. Move on. Yeah. 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 It's like the next second chance I do, I'll know how to do it then. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I always yeah. say like, if you can fix it easily, go back and fix yeah. it. You know, you can do that. But if not, just move on. If it's so bad that people stop reading you after that book, then take it down. I mean, you know, real. Yeah. But don't try to rewrite it. It's just yeah. too much. Yeah. That's advice. Other people may have other <laughs> advice, but mm. yeah. Yeah. It, rewriting a book is a lot of work. Well, because when I'm done yeah. with a book, I'm done with a book. Like I'm mm-hmm. done with those people. They're dead to me. So, you know, having to go back and <laughs> just don't tell your readers that. No, no, no. So upset. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not dead to me, but yeah, they are. It, there there just... is kind of a, it's like author amnesia, like those, that story yeah. is done and it's yeah. gone. And then like you go back later and you're yeah. like, whoa, okay. I totally forgot that whole yeah. whole novel, yeah. whole, whole subplot or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, and it's also like when you're watching a show or reading a, you know, a book series and you've got the love interest and they're like, you got all this tension and then in, you know, book four, they get together and then nothing, you know, it's like, womp. well, it's kind of how I feel when I go back to a book. It's like, I even writing like second epilogues and stuff. I'm like, wow, oh. it's hard to ramp up that tension because you know, they're mm-hmm. together, you know, they've, mm-hmm. You know, so it's hard. Yeah, yeah bonus epilogues. I'm trying yeah. to train myself to do it while I'm writing the book the first time. That's because, a good yeah, idea. Going, going yeah. back, it's like pulling teeth. Yeah, to get yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It's a very good yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This makes me feel better because I have a hard time like 
you know, like readers love like Easter eggs and things in the, like if you write a series and if you can incorporate little things from other books into it, they love that. Mm -hmm. But that's really hard for me to do because I've like, I'm done with that and it's gone. And it's like, who, (laughs) what were their names even? I don't even remember. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what about marketing? What do you wish you'd known about marketing? Oh, for marketing, there's so much because there's so many different ways to market. Um, But I wish... I wish that I'd known or that I'd believed enough at the beginning that it's mm. okay not to do everything that everyone else is doing. Mm. Yes. Um, so like yeah. picking something that you, so for me, social media is the thing that everyone's doing and I like, and it doesn't work for me, not because it's not effective. I right. told, like to say TikTok doesn't work would be really naive because it does. <laughs> right. We've seen it work for a lot of people. It led me to like the worst burnout I've ever experienced. It totally zapped my energy. Now that I know about my top strengths, I get why, right? right. And I understand sure. why social media has always been a struggle. So I take that energy and I put it towards my newsletter, which I love. Mm-hmm. And so fine. And I get more sales, right? Because mm-hmm. I enjoy doing it. And I think right. that comes through. And so I'm a big proponent of it's okay not to follow what everyone else is doing if that's not working for you. Right. Like find the marketing that works for you. That doesn't mean don't market because you have to market your books. <laughs> right, right, right. Like find where your strength is because readers will pick up on that. They'll mm-hmm. see that you're mm-hmm. excited about that, mm-hmm. that you're being real and genuine in that marketing yes. and then they'll buy. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. so I know people will be curious about this. So you still have your, are you still on different social media platforms? Like your profiles? Yeah, so I have profiles on like, everywhere um but i don't post anywhere except occasionally i'll post on instagram okay but it's and very do you get it, rare do you get any questions or pushbacks from or my <clears throat> sorry like do you get any questions from readers about like where are you why aren't you why can't i find you on blah 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 social media <laughs> site no, and I'm very open with them in my newsletter that I don't love social media. Mm-hmm. I just started a ream this summer, so yeah. I now have that, and that's where I'm putting like posts. So mm-hmm. I've made it really clear for readers if they want to follow me and find more information, going to my ream page and following, which is free, or mm-hmm. um, joining my newsletter, which is free, are two ways where they can be kept up to date on what's happening. Okay, I think that's really to ream. Yeah, We're yeah. Um, what assumptions did you make at the beginning of your marketing? I mean, of your writing career and looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? Um, so I think I had like two kind of big assumptions. One was that I would just figure out marketing as I went, which I kind of did. Uh, and it was, (laughs) but I wish I'd had more of a plan. Um, and so I think assuming that you can just figure it out as you go is kind of right, but it's going to make it a lot harder for you than if you set out a plan, even if you just do like quarter by quarter plan right. um, and see, okay, what worked in this quarter and then yeah. find the data for that. And then um, going from there and, and making your decisions based on data. Mm-hmm. And then the other big assumption I had was that it would take a long time for me to find readers um, who are willing to take a chance on me. This was a super secret pen name. Mm-hmm. I was an educator. I taught high school. So mm-hmm. I was not about to put my face out there. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. I didn't tell anybody. I can count on one hand the number of people in my real life who knew and one was by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
it was very secret and hush hush. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a nobody. And we have all these amazing authors out there. Who's going to take a chance on me? On top of that, I was wide from the beginning oh. um, just because KU didn't really fit my business plan. Um, right. I, the idea of being exclusive gave me an itch. Like mm-hmm. uh, it just made me really stressed out. So, um, and there's a lot of advice out there that you have to be in KU to get readers to take a chance on you. So that also was feeding in this like nervousness that sure. nobody's going to try. And that wasn't true at all. Oh, I had plenty great. of people willing to take a chance from the very beginning. I had readers find me with my awful prequel novella, which I was all telling. No, it like it was horribly written. Um, <laughs> and I had I still have people like on my newsletter who now read everything I write because they fell in love with that. Um, yeah. And and paid for that. They paid for that. I can't even believe it. Um, and so <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it really came down to I was very fortunate to find an amazing cover designer who designed that first yeah. series for me. She's designed yeah. a couple series for me. Um, and that was spot on. And people yeah. bought because that cover, uh, probably more than anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that kind of goes back to marketing because even your cover and blur mm-hmm. feeds into marketing mm-hmm. choices. Mm-hmm. But um, so the assumption that readers wouldn't take a chance on me because I was a nobody and I was wide, mm-hmm. uh, that wasn't true. It's really how you market and what yep. how you, the the product you put out there. Yeah. Your branding and stuff. Yeah. 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 So when when did your first book come out? So I very quietly released the prequel novella in September of 2020 because I just wanted to kind of see how, what it was like releasing on the, all the different retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my debut novel came out December 2020. And I released every three months from there on out um, until I got pregnant again with my daughter. And then I got super sick. And that was a whole... <laughs> Palacious ordeal. And so I had five books out at that point and then took a huge gap where I didn't release for seven months. And then I was releasing, I rapid released the rest of that Rockstar series. But yeah, that's yeah. great. Well, that's encouraging so. though, because a lot mm-hmm, of people feel mm-hmm. like, oh, there's no way to, to make it now because it's so flooded. And I mean, 2020 is not that long ago. And Mm-mm. it's like, it doesn't sound like you had like a humongous like strategy of like ad spend and Let's do oh, all no these massive trend. things. Yeah. yeah. So, so I didn't spend ads until like 2021 at some Ugh. point, like yeah, late no. 2021. Um, yeah. So I really just did paid newsletter. I, in fact, I don't even know that I really marketed all that much very well mm-hmm. until I started putting my first as a freebie and I put mm-hmm. it in paid newsletters and that became free after book four in that series came out. Mm, nice. And then that's when everything really exploded. Nice. That's well, that's great. encouraging. Yeah. Um, well, we always want to ask too, what's the most important lesson you've learned? Um, it, I think the most important lesson I've learned is that it's important to be authentic to yourself and not compare your journey to others. Mm. And I think that's really hard to do, especially mm. when, you know, we're in author groups and we're seeing all these different success stories. Um and you're like, oh man, I want to be there. Or you see authors getting, you know, publishing deals for their paperbacks or whatever. Um, and I think we have to remind ourselves our journey, we're at a different spot. We're comparing like step two in our journey to step 20 mm-hmm. of theirs, right, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and so being really authentic to you and what works for you mm-hmm. um, and then not comparing your journey to others. Your journey is going to be your journey right. um, and just focusing on what the end goal is. And I, I would great. think like not being on social media as much would help with that. Like not yeah. seeing as much. That's sure. part of the issue with social media, I yeah. think, is that yeah. 
it's hard not to compare ourselves when we see mm-hmm. stuff constantly yeah. about like, oh, so-and-so's doing so great. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's hard too, because like, I'm not, like, I'm still on Facebook, right? Because there's so much good um, information about the industry that you mm-hmm. can find in some of those author groups that's mm-hmm. important to know. Um, but yeah, it's about finding that balance of, yes. right of, okay, what's informative that I can then take and and help build my business and what's just going to diminish the respect I have for myself or my success, because I feel like I'm not a success, even though publishing is hard. If you've published a book, you're successful because this is a lot of work. Um, I think think that, um, we need to start celebrating those small wins as Mm -hmm. much as those big ones. Very good. Well, this may be the same answer. So if it is, we can move on to the next question, but it might not be. So what's the biggest change you've had to make in your thinking? Is there? Oh, so, yeah. So, um, because the so selling direct has probably been the biggest change uh, in my thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and how I connect with readers, uh, yeah. um, because I found, so one, I don't like social media, right. Um, mm-hmm. but I also don't feel like it helped me make authentic connections mm-hmm. probably because I don't like social media. So it's not authentic for me. Yeah. Um, but even my newsletter, I, I was making some connections and I was getting responses back and people would reply to my emails, but it did, still felt not as deep as it could go. Mm-hmm. So that's been something I've been working on is how to deepen those connections. And that takes a bit of a shift of like, mm-hmm. how do we connect with readers in a right. way that's real? Mm-hmm. And then uh, selling direct because you're in control of literally every step of the buyer process and the buyer journey. Mm -hmm. And it's completely different than being reliant on retailers. And so that's been a really big mindset shift for me, Mm -hmm. especially in the last few months um, because of switching to Shopify and really taking it to the next level. Um, And so, yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that since we're kind of um, one reason we wanted to have you on is because you've used WooCommerce and PayHip and now you moved to Shopify. So can you kind of talk us through how you, like what mindset changes you had to make yeah. to get into this and then how, like how you worked it out in your business? Yeah. So I knew I wanted to sell direct. So I, and I already had a WordPress.org site. So I got WooCommerce because um, it just made sense at that time. Mm-hmm. And that was, um, summer of 2022 and I had that for about three months and for me WooCommerce was clunky and I hated it Um, (laughs) for a lot of people there's a lot of people who love and rave about WooCommerce it just was not the right fit for me um because I just found it really clunky I didn't love my website anyway um I, there were all kinds of weird settings I couldn't figure out. And I was having help. Like I had help from somebody at Woo and I was still having a ton of issues. And so um, what prompted me to switch to PayHip was Amazon erroneously shut down my account last December for about a week. Mm, yeah. Um, and that was about 40% of my income. And so I was like, I can't rely on Amazon. I don't yeah. trust them now anymore. Like that bridge has been burnt. Yeah. And I wanted to really dive into direct. And but I knew WooCommerce, I wasn't feeling confident with WooCommerce. I felt like there was too many issues that I'd come up against that I just wanted to try something else and start fresh. Mm-hmm. So I switched to PayHip. And PayHip was great because it makes it really simple. It's got a really simplistic design. They have mm-hmm. cross-sells and upgrades kind of built in to their system. So you can set it up under the marketing tab pretty easily. 
they have some analytics and they they'll sync with Google analytics. So you can analyze kind of who's coming in and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I still was in that retailer mindset and I didn't even know it. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I was running my Facebook ads the way I'd always run them. I just switched from Amazon to my direct store. Mm-hmm. But they were still traffic ads and they were still to my mm-hmm. free first in series. Mm-hmm. And I did that for the whole time I was on PayHip. And I would get people downloading and I had my back matter all, you know, formatted so that there would be a discount code to the next book. They get um, cross sell offers to buy the next book if they bought this one at a discount, all those things. And I wasn't getting a lot of sales on my store. Mm-hmm. I wasn't losing sales because the retailers were thriving based on those ads and the sell through, but they weren't buying from me, which is what I wanted. I wanted them to come buy from me. Yeah. And so I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. We were in the, we were planning this big move. Um, I was still working at that point. I was part-time teaching because last year I went down to part-time. Um, and so I was like, okay, I don't really know what to do. I don't have a ton of time to figure this out while we're dealing with this move. So I'm just going to leave it, but make a plan for what I need to do. And then right before Inkers, I was in a Facebook group and they were like, don't run traffic ads to your direct store. Mm-hmm. You're throwing money down the drain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I wish somebody would have told me this back in January. <laughs> um, and so that was when I learned about sales ads. And of course, that was right before Inkers. So literally, we're at the height of our move. Um, and so I don't have any time to do it. So when I got back from Inkers... I was like, I don't want to start sales ads to pay up when I know that I'm planning to move to Shopify. So instead, mm-hmm. I shut everything off, gave myself a brand new baseline and set up my Shopify store. And so there was about a two week window where everything was just dead in the water um, mm-hmm. and traffic was just whatever organic traffic I was driving for my newsletter. And um, and then once I started my Shopify store, I built a bundle because I tried the free thing and I didn't really like how that worked. So I tried a bundle um, and started sales ads and right away gangbusters. Mm -hmm. Like I made two times more money in essentially two weeks because it was about mid August by the time I did finally get things going on my Shopify store. Um, So at that point it had been a month since I'd had my Mm -hmm. ads off. Mm -hmm. And so in those two weeks, I made twice as much money as I made in all seven months on PayHip. Wow. Yeah. And so that was really eye opener for me. (laughs) And I was like, okay, all right. This This is going to work, right? (laughs) Yeah. So then my goal became, because, you know, Shopify has that deal where it's three months for a dollar and then you have, and then you can either do monthly or the yearly, but if you do the yearly, you get $10 off each month. So I was like, okay, my goal now is to make enough in these three months to pay for the yearly. And I did Uh, and so I was really, great. really excited about that. Yeah. Um, and I, my store, my direct sales ended up being 40% of my sales last month. Oh, wow. nice. And That's I had like fantastic. my fourth best month of the year. So well, I was just going to say, I think yeah. you're amazing to like, yeah, do something and go, oh, this could be better. And you're willing to leave something behind to go to something else. Cause a lot yeah. of us were like, so invested in what mm-hmm. I've already created yeah. this mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And why would yeah. I, I mean, like you may know that it might be better to switch, but it's hard. Right. So I'm, yeah. I'm impressed that you've done that twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a little scary. I I mean, but I think it's, I just, mindset is really important. Right. And it's yeah. like, you don't know if you don't try. And I didn't have much to lose because I wasn't making much to begin with Right. on, on my direct store. I mean, I was still nice. making sales 
on the retailers because right. those mm-hmm. ads were still effective. People were still, they'd see the ad and they'd go buy on a retailer. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to, I want people to buy from me. Like my, yeah. my mm-hmm. whole goal right now is um, I want to focus on my direct sales so much that the retailers don't matter. That's all ah. extra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah. money that I can bring home, the money that I can pay my bills with, I want it to be generated from my store. That's like my end goal right now. Wow. Um, so, so are you using that bundle? Is that what you're using to drive traffic? Yeah. And so you're yeah, just so focusing it, on that. Yeah. And right now I'm also ex- extra It's a football bundle and mm-hmm. I'm all it's football season in the fall and winter because football season and the next book in that series releases around the Super Bowl. So I'm expecting a surge then too, but um, so I'm releasing that bundle and that bundle includes five, the five books that are out on retailers and then a website exclusive novella. And that novella is different than a reader magnet. It's not a reader magnet. It was part of a charity anthology earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. And when I got it back, I was like, well, I don't want to put this on the retailers because I can control on my stock for where that like shows up. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, versus Amazon, it gets buried or mm-hmm. gets tied to something. Even when you say it's related, it doesn't necessarily show up. Right. So, um, so yeah. And then I have a graphic on the front of my, like when you first go to my website, cause my website, and my store are one and the same. Mm. And when you first go to the front page, there's a graphic that shows all the books that I have out and how they're like interconnected. Mm. And then cool. do you, and then do you have like, like follow-up sequences with people after they buy? Do you mm-hmm. take them yeah, into your so catalog? I, I set up. Yeah. So as soon as they buy the bundle, I have a pop-up for my Rockstar series, which um, the first book is the female main character is the sister of the male main character in the second book of my sports series. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every, the people have met her before, so there's mm-hmm. some tie in there. And I offer that at a, a 30% discount. And then um, I have Clavio, Clavio, I can never pronounce it right, but I have those <laughs> flows set up. I know, right? Clavio, Clavio I don't know. Um, <laughs> I have those flows. So I have several flows set up. And then that's my goal for Q4 is to fine tune those more, add more flows, because I found those to be really great so far. So um, I want to really invest some time and energy into building those out more. Um, mm-hmm. so that those can work even harder for me. Yeah. Okay. So that's Clavio. Is it Clavio? There we go. Clavio. Yeah. So tell us about Clavio. Tell us what it does. Tell us which, how you use it, because I know that that's something we've heard yeah. because we've had other people on here talking about direct sales, but I want to know how you're using it. So I'm not an expert by any means. That's okay. I, <laughs> um, it, like I said, it's my Q4 goal to make it even more fine-tuned. So I have a handful of flows set up um, for like post-purchase flows and whatnot that have different like sequences and welcome emails or, um, hey, if you liked this, buy this. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you want a discount, there's a discount set up. And so... Um, I want to do though more. And the whole reason I actually switched to Shopify because I think Shopify integrates better with um, things like Clavio. Yeah. Clavio. Thank you. Or but, however you say it. I don't yeah. know. I'm then, saying it uh, like I'm from Texas. So. Yeah. Cause like pay it. I think that's where it falters a little bit yeah. and can't quite compete mm-hmm. is because it doesn't have enough integrations to automate some of that workload. You still have to manually do those follow-ups and I don't have the time or energy to do those follow-ups. I've got two little kids. I'm trying to write 
ahead now. So um, I have, I have other things I need to do. So what I like about Clavio is that it'll, I can set up those automations and then it does that work for me and right. it will bring yeah. in more sales that way. Yeah. So, so they're emails that go out or they, yeah, it's essentially like a campaign, except like, a cam- like an automated campaign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like if you buy a product online for something, like I just mm-hmm. bought um, like Kitsch shampoo for my yes. hair yes. Um, and then you start getting those emails generated, yes. that's essentially what it is. Okay. And what's in, yeah. been interesting, and that's part of this mindset mindset shift, is that I've started watching those emails that come into my uh, mm-hmm. my Gmail account now, and I'll be like, okay, what are they doing? Like, I mm-hmm. purchased this now. What are they mm-hmm. trying to pitch me? Or how yeah. are they doing that? How are they getting me to open these emails? Um, and and so that's been really interesting. And I try to watch those and how they work and how often they're sending them out to see mm-hmm. how I can incorporate some of those strategies into my own flows. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so you but still separate, have, yeah, as I say, you have a separate yeah. email for your readers, like yes. purchasers are different from just newsletter signups, right? Or Yeah. So I have an e-commerce, which is through Clavio. And then I have my mailing list, which is through, I use email octopus. Um, and I keep them separate because those aren't buyers necessarily, right. not of my direct store. Um, they are readers who found me somewhere else. They've gotten on from a round robin I did or a bonus epilogue. Um, and so I want to keep them separate so that one, because Clavio is really expensive when you get to the paid plans. Um, and so I want to make sure it's paying for itself with the people Uh that are on there and it can't do that if the people are just there for freebies or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So do you move people? Like if, do you send offers to your newsletter list and if they click, do you move them or do you, are you just focused on like new people? I'm focused on new people right now. And then, I mean, if I sent them new offers, I would still want them to sign up through the link on my website. Like when they go to pay a pop-up will come up for like 10% right. off. Right. And if they sign up on that, then they'll get pushed into the e-commerce side. Yeah. Cause right now I'm not sending as many emails um, on the, and I'm considering it my marketing, right. It's my email. Right my e-commerce marketing. Um, I'm not sending as much like consistent emails and that's one of those areas I need to tighten up um, and, and do more of versus I send weekly right through my newsletter subscribers. And sometimes that's just about my writing Mm -hmm. process or things like that, or teaser scenes. And I'm not necessarily going to send that same information to Mm e-commerce, but e-commerce, like my new book comes out on my store, it comes out tomorrow. So I might go in today and send out an email of like, Hey, there's a new release from Cadence It's like, you bought this. Have you tried this? You know, um, mm-hmm. because one of the characters is related to one of the characters from mm-hmm. my LA Wolves novella, which is yeah. part of the bundle that they bought. So I can right. like tie those two together and see if I can get some sales that way. But I'm not going to send good. that same email to my newsletter list. Right. 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 So, yeah. yeah. Love so that. I keep those separate. Yeah. Yeah. Very smart. That is. Well, smart. so my next question is like, how do you do all this? Because yeah. you've got little kids. <laughs> Tell us how you write and do all the marketing and the direct sales and stuff. Cause it can um, be just overwhelming <laughs> without little kids. Very, yeah. Um, it's actually funny. A friend of mine, she asked me all the time. She's, she has one kid and she's like, how on earth are you doing all of <laughs> Like, I can't even clean my house. What are you doing? Um, and I was like, well, the dishes are, the sink is full of dishes. So um, no, you gotta uh, let some things go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I work a lot during nap time. So my Uh, son's in preschool right now. And so he's there for four hours, four days a week. And my daughter tends to nap 
during a big chunk of that time. So while she's napping, she's napping right now. So while she's napping mm-hmm. is when I usually do my writing and I try to write first because that I, I always want to get my words in first and then I can do mm-hmm. all the other stuff later. Um, and then often like before we moved and before I was doing this full time, I would do a lot of work at night. Uh-huh. I was burning the candle at both ends pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would wake up, get the kids all ready. I'd go to work um, and come home and then they'd, go to bed and I would write until like 10 mm. o'clock and I'm not a nighttime writer. My peak time of productivity is like between nine and noon. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so weekends were always my favorite time, but there was a lot of time I sacrificed with my husband. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he, he was like all for it. He's my biggest supporter. And that man yes. tells literally everyone he meets. And I do mean everyone that his <laughs> wife is a romance writer. He told his doctor and the nurses, as they're putting him out for his colonoscopy and I'm like oh, what funny. are you doing <laughs> he's that's like hilarious. I told them all you're a romance writer and that they should read your book I'm like oh, no. this is your secret uh, pen name that's not so secret anymore yeah, yeah. well now it's not because I'm I quit my job and I'm doing yeah. this full-time yeah. so yeah. um I'm a lot more open about my face and who I am and stuff but yeah, it's funny um so it's just it's about finding that time something that helped a lot was I did the HB90 Sarah Cannon's mm-hmm. HB90 yeah. system And I found that setting quarterly goals and being really realistic about what those goals were and what I could feasibly accomplish Uh was the most helpful thing for me because it would help me just ignore all the excess, which is hard to do because I have ADHD too. So like I can go off on a tangent in no time. Um, But that helped me really narrow down my focus and what was the priority. And anytime I'd find myself shifting from that, I'd be like, no, no no, no, the goal, this is the goal. This is what we're focused on right now. And then I can put that next quarter. And I think that's what's helped get so much accomplished um, in just the short, I mean, I've I've only been publishing like three and a half years or something like that or three years, three years really. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that's really what it is. And just being really dedicated and persistent. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, tell us about Reem. Why did you decide to use Reem? What are the benefits of Reem? Um, yeah, all that, all the good Reem stuff, because we love them. Um, so I'm still, uh, so I started Reem this summer. That was part of my Q3 goal, uh-huh. um, was getting my Reem launched. And Reem is uh, Michael Evans and Amelia Rose. They put this together. They're amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Michael is probably one of the nicest people I've ever interacted with online. Um, he's in the subscriptions for authors group and he's just so positive. Like talk about a positive person. That's a positive <laughs> person. Um, and I loved that. I loved that, that he, like though they felt real about like the purpose behind Reem and why they built it. I'd been looking right. for a different way to connect that wasn't social media mm-hmm. and wasn't my newsletter, something where I could just, I could put posts and it would be there and, and different ways to connect with people. And so I decided to launch it right after mm-hmm. I launched it. They started the follower tier, which is a free tier. Um, and oh, I loved that idea yeah. because then I could get people to see what it was like. Cause it's hard to get mm-hmm. people to try a new platform. Yeah, it is. And so um, and especially cause it's not as popular as Patreon yet, mm-hmm. because I think it, I think it will be for authors. Um, yeah. and so, you know, it's this whole new thing. So what I did was I started a book club where mm-hmm. I promised to go through and read and annotate three to five chapters of one of my free books that I have posted that's available for everybody. It's one of my free books on the retailers. Um, and 
we would go through and read that together and they could leave comments and or questions and I would answer it. And so we did that and I sent it out to my newsletter and uh, I'm up to, it's not like a ton. I have 19 followers, but I've gotten two subscribers, which I'm excited about. Um, One of which just found me like they're not on my mailing right. list. Right, so, right, right. Well, that, yeah. So it's just different ways to connect with people. And, um, and one of them has been super engaged. And so we've been talking a lot through the comments as I go through and annotate and she'll ask questions or I'll ask questions and she'll respond. And so that's been really great to mm. connect on a deeper level and get to know readers better. And, um, and so I just like, I like the platform because I can put posts, I can put polls, I can do different things and they can comment and interact. Um, And I'm trying, I'm still learning how to connect with readers in a deeper, more authentic way. Right. Um, And so I think that that's going to be the best place to do it. Yeah. So are you annotating the book in Ream? So it's like they can read it on Ream and then your notes and stuff are in there. Yeah. And then they can comment. Yeah. So how Rima is set up on each paragraph, there's like a little plus sign on the side. And if you click on that, you can leave a comment for that section. Mm. And so I'll go through and comment on like what I was thinking at the time that I wrote that character, Mm -hmm. or if it was based on something real or uh, a unique info about the scene, like if a character name got changed or, um, or whatever. Right. Or if Mm -hmm. I didn't know a character was going to do something and then they ended up being a really important part in the end. Like mm-hmm. I'll share all those little tidbits with them throughout the story. Right. Nice. Right. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And three to five is doable for me, right? Like yeah. I can annotate a couple chapters a week, no problem. And still get all my other work done any right. more than that. And it would be kind of challenging, but yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, I think that's amazing. And you're right about Michael. I mean, I was just at Nink. He was there. And I'm going to tell you right now, if there had been a a Nink parade, Michael would have been on the float because (laughs) everyone loved him. They were talking about him in every group I was in, you know, like at lunch or just sitting around talking. Everybody was talking about how great Michael was and how smart he was and how young he is and just how brilliant (laughs) he is. Yeah. So. They loved him. He's fantastic. And I, I love what he's um, champion, championing. I can't even talk today for yeah. our community, right? Yeah. Like for the Indian yeah. world. Yeah. He's such a big um, positive proponent. And we yeah. need more of that. There's a lot yeah. of drama in yeah. this There's industry. A, and, really? And it's, huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's nice to have someone who's so upbeat and yeah. so uplifting yeah. and yeah. encouraging. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think it's really great that they're involved in the community, like Mm -hmm. they're authors themselves. So, you know, it gives a totally different perspective than a company that's just like, hey, this is a need. Let's fill it. If if it grows out of an author seeing something that needs to be done and working towards a a solution, it just it resonates more with me as a writer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, well, this has been so good. Do you have another question about ring? No, I was going to do the, what's the best thing you've done to set your up? I was going to do that one too. So you go ahead. Okay. Well, what's the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success? Um, Investing in editing and covers. Yes. I think that is like the single strongest thing I did from the very beginning. Um, yeah. because those covers can work wonders. 
especially yeah. if they're two genre, which can be hard these days because we've got all discreet and everything. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, those covers sold a lot of books without me having to do a lot of lifting. That's great. Nice. Awesome. I love that answer. I love that answer. Well, where can people find out more about you and your books? So my website is the best place to go, um, which is kadenskeysauthors.com. And uh, on there, they can also find a link to my rain page if they want to follow me and right. see what I'm up to. And that's the best place to get updates. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being here. We've loved this. It's been yeah, thank you very so informative. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great to talk to you and catch up a little bit. And we'll yeah. have those links in the show notes. And those will be at wishidknownforwriters.com. And if you want to support the podcast, you can go there to that website slash support. And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing the admin. See everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.